Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I'm honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 41 of season two of This Osteopathic Life. I join you today on the winter solstice of the Northern Hemisphere as the day draws to a close. This has always been one of my favorite days of the year. And it's so interesting as we spent a lot of time preparing for the autumn equinox over the course of the summer, right? As we were working together through my daily swims and thank you for all who joined me there. But truly the solstice, the summer solstice has so much beauty and big, vibrant energy. But there's this little hint of mourning because you know the days will begin to shorten. And when you're in that space, when there's that fullness in the sun and the warmth and the days that just seem to go on, especially if you live here in the northern part of the northern hemisphere, when they begin to shorten, there can be a bit of sadness associated. And then something happens, right? When we move into the late autumn season, as we approach the winter solstice, there's that shift. And while the days are quite short, and they will be relatively short for some time, that shift and that awareness and that hope, that knowing that each day you get just even one more minute of light. And it's so fascinating, the relativity and the power of perspective. And while June 23rd, for example, is many more minutes longer than December 23rd, there's that sense of the movement toward, and certainly in all of it, the being within. But I love the energy that emerges from the winter solstice. And you might think, energy? What energy? Because this time of year can be very still and maybe a bit groggy, draggy. I've had that last week in particular. There was a significant restriction, lack of access to energy at the level with which I might have been used to. But noticing as we kind of screech in to the halt of the solstice and perhaps ease in, right? And glide in are more pleasant ways to envision and reflect upon that. It's natural to feel fatigued, tired, exhausted. And the world is inviting you to embrace that, to allow it, to uncouple it from being a negative thing. To say it is okay right now that rest is what you are seeking 
and these feelings of fatigue, of tiredness, of exhaustion are actually affirming, encouraging, reminding, supporting you in taking that which you need to be well, to rest and to rejuvenate yourself. And it's such a fascinating experience with the different feelings, many of which we honor and value as better or worse than others. We might think that energetic and capable and busy and engaged are all meritable and valuable in the ones that we seek. And they totally can be. There's a lot of good that comes from all of those. And we might think that groggy, fatigued, exhausted, among many others that we can classify as less desirable feelings are to be avoided, might be signs of weakness, of failure, of incapacitation. But what if those are actually such important and valuable feelings because of what they lead us to do? What if we need those feelings to remind us to take that moment or a few moments or many moments and rest and be still and reflect and move inward so that we have the energy to continue, but not even necessarily that, simply so that we can be, so that we can learn to see that who we are and how we are is just fine right now without anything changing, so that we can listen to all the amazing wisdom that we carry within, so that we can process everything that we have endured and learned and done over the course of the year. So what if we say thank you to fatigue and to that dragginess and to those groggy moments and to the exhaustion and we even embrace all of those and be with them, let them be part of us and take up the rest as it makes sense for us And everyone has a varied amount, duration, quality of rest that works for them on the daily basis, the weekly basis, monthly, seasonal, and that's where we are in this moment. What seasonal rest is your body, mind, and spirit calling you to embrace? And what might that rest look like? What might you remove to make space for that rest? What might you add to make that rest more comfortable? To whom will you turn and connect to make that rest a collective experience? What might you release to give yourself permission to fully step into that resting space and way of being? One thing I've loved about being engaged in the Waldorf community over the past five years are the lantern walks and the advent spirals and those events which demonstrate that we carry the light within. And that advent spiral perhaps is the most powerful 
and set out so beautifully with many elements of nature. And the spiral shape just speaks to me. And we've talked about it here in multiple episodes. And that ability to start from wherever you are, inside at the narrowest part of that spiral or outside of moving in and noticing that as you pass through, you pass by the same place and the same people, but with a different perspective, right? As you get nearer to the center and farther away from those external cues. And then as you come right until that center point, and you're really there with yourself. And you see that there is a source of light common to us all. And that when we reach in and we ignite our own flame from the source, it doesn't take away from that which is. Right? That central light remains. And it can also ignite ours, which is unique to us but equally as brilliant and bright, equally as capable. And then as we walk back, we have a different perspective. Right? We have our light guiding the way. We pass back again through those places and amongst those people. But in some ways, when all else is darkened and the light is just in front of you, as you make that walk, that's all you can see. You just see your own light and everything else is actually blackened, right? The external view is even darker when in that space, your own light is so brilliantly bright and so proximal and so key and keen in your awareness that it's all you can see. And that is okay in that moment, taking the time to tune in to your own brilliance and capacity and wisdom and health is what is necessary, needed in that moment. It is okay to have that singular focus. It is welcome to be enamored with your own brilliant light, ignited from the source that remains, seeing clearly in that moment that taking what I need and shining my own brilliance does not take anything away from anyone else. It actually contributes. It provides another source in the world. So that should the original source ever be blown out, I can serve to relight it. And I can serve to light that of others. And I didn't create the wick, right? But we can serve as that igniting source for one another. And so as you move your way, back out through the expanse of the spiral. You find a space to rest your light. And then as each does this, their own unique light remains, the source continues, and the room becomes illuminated. And it is then when all the candles are lit, when all in that collective have taken the time to make that journey, to seek the source, to honor their own brilliance, to walk back through and find a space where their light 
can rest safely, unencumbered, amongst, but distinct from all those around it, that then the room is brilliantly illuminated and all can again see one another. And in that most dark day, right into that longest night, it is the light from within each of us ignited from a common source, but burning so brilliantly in their own distinct ways and spaces and places that allows us to really and truly see one another. We see our own brilliance reflected. We see the soft light illuminating one another's face. And there's that collective power. And it's not then only the light, but the warmth And this experience has been most beautiful outdoors. And I remember one particularly unseasonably frigid evening, still being completely captivated by this experience of moving from total darkness to a single light at the source, to the gradual and patient experience of observing each with a moment to walk the path, to extend and expand the light, and to honor their own contribution, and collectively bringing brilliance, visibility, and connection into the space, and as an effect into the world. And in what has seemed, perhaps, like the winter solstice that has lasted the whole year through, each day this year has had elements that have felt endlessly dark. And without necessarily the hope, because it didn't seem for certain that minutes would be added of daylight to that following day. And so the beauty and the power of the winter solstice is in that knowing that the longest day, the darkest night, is entirely temporary. Its way of being was that in order to be the shortest day in the longest night, the day before and the day after had to have more time. It's built in to the concept. And this year... There has been a bit of a void around that when each day seems equally as long as the previous. And what we have noticed in perhaps coincidental, perhaps universal wisdom granting the timing, that sense of hope, that sense of light emerging as opportunities for the elimination of coronavirus from our midst as we see the collective bringing their light to shine together for the common good. And I have seen this among my colleagues in the last few days where really and truly for the first time in 10 months, a sense that 
the next day may have one more moment of light. And it may actually be the beginning of walking toward the dawn of the beautiful spring, which is made so much more beautiful through the experience of winter. And knowing that those long days of sun and warmth and connection exist on the other side, and it seems much more likely that we're walking toward that. And I know the discrepancies, or perhaps better said, the distinctiveness of the seasons occurs more significantly for those of us as we move away from the equator. And certainly the experience of the seasons occurs in opposite order for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere versus the Southern. But the procession of them, consider how we relate and what it is we can harness around that hope of the winter solstice and taking the moment to just honor that is hope which emerges from the longest night. That it is the promise of the extra minute that is made possible by the shortest day. And so not turning away from the moments of darkness. And if indeed we view these past 10 months as the winter solstice of the season of our lives, imagine that experience of that one more minute of daylight tomorrow, magnified right, by 10 months' power. How each day and each moment as we move through from here can carry so much hope and promise and possibility. So just as this moment on the 21st of December here in the year 2020 in the Northern Hemisphere carries that sentiment of hope, so does this moment on a broader scale throughout the world on the perspective to the magnitude, to the power of the 10 months, right? So not even just to the 10th power, but to the 10th month power. And consider what that can mean. And consider the gift of life having these temporary moments and what we might take with us from here. I've seen a number of beautiful quotes and poetry emerge today. And I wanted to share this one with you. And you'll find the word that drew me in, if you spend much time with me on social media or have worked with me in person in the endeavor of my gym over the past four years. This is from Gary Zukov, who is an award-winning author, and inspirational teacher, and I think still holds the record for the most ever interviews on the Oprah show. This is his reflection. The winter solstice has always been special to me as a barren darkness that gives birth to a verdant future beyond imagination, a time of pain and withdrawal that produces something joyfully inconceivable like a monarch butterfly masterfully extracting itself from the confines of its cocoon, bursting forth 
into unexpected glory. And there are many lovely words in there embodying that visual of what winter solstice can be, of what it offers, what it brings forth, of the contrast it creates and the opportunity that emerges. And so let's take a moment and look at the different parts of this. A barren darkness. That can sound desolate, hopeless, it's nothing. And yet, a barren darkness that gives birth. Consider that. And consider the times we might have written something off. It's totally impossible. That nothing could possibly come from these frigid, dark, icy, gray days. Think of the time in your life when it seemed there was no fertility in the soil. And you can look at that in any interpretation of that concept. And then notice the potentiation that happens in that space and the tremendous power that emerges when that which seemed impossible actually does bring forth something more. And because of the stark nature of that space, that time, that way of being, everything that emerges is in so much brighter technicolor, right? A verdant future beyond imagination. So having never had imagined the experiences of 2020, I have yet to come across someone who felt like, yep, I totally expected this to happen. Unsurprised by any of this. And please, if you were aware, share with us that possibility. But because this was an unimaginable year, what it also means is that the flip side, the upside, the 50-50, right? If this is our downturn, and many might think that it is not. Many amazing things have emerged from this time. But if you look at the collective And if collectively we have seen the challenges of this time, consider how brilliant the upswing will be. How brilliant the upswing is for those who are already seeing it that way. When all that's happened was beyond the scope of our imagination, right? Do we ever think schools and airlines would shut down that hospitals and healthcare systems would completely shift the way of doing things, right? That so many would be sent to work from home. That travel would be such a different experience in our global world. And so if we didn't have the capacity to imagine that, we could be upset, disappointed, wish we could have to have planned better, or we could notice, well, if that was beyond the scope of my imagination, There are so many wonderful, amazing, expansive possibilities awaiting me that I can just begin to dream and to consider. And let's take the moment to honor, admit, acknowledge to the time of pain and withdrawal. 
that has been experienced. And the scale can vary. The depth of the pain, the degree of withdrawal, can be very different for each person. And yet we can all look at that and acknowledge a degree of pain that has emerged in this year and the withdrawal forced or otherwise that has occurred. And then again, just seeing the depth of it and considering if we're going to mirror that, if we're going to mirror that depth into the height of the something joyfully inconceivable that is to emerge. Inconceivable, beyond anything we could have imagined. Amazing. The unimaginable in the best possible way. Joyfully inconceivable. I have to stay with those two words. Inconceivable, if you've been with me, is the expression of everything that we have within. Right? Inconceivable is an invitation to pull it all forward, to see ourselves, to see each and every component, to see how they knit themselves together into this beautiful fabric that is who we are. And joyfully inconceivable. Because there are times in the reversions, definitions of inconceivable that lend themselves and are often utilized in the negative category. And to pair those words, to couple them. And here is where we will 100% support the coupling. To have joyfully inconceivable somethings emerge. To have inconceivable joy And that has been 100% true for me in this time. I've shared with you the varied examples, but the overarching possibility of joy truly being made possible, right? Joy, word made possible for me, feeling made possible for me, experience made possible for me by the year 2020. Truth, shocking truth. But as I read this, not surprising, Because this winter solstice of this moment, but more so of this year, has been a barren darkness that has given birth to a verdant future beyond my imagination. And it has been a time of pain and withdrawal. And it absolutely has produced something joyfully inconceivable. And so let's consider for a moment, and if you're driving or walking, perhaps eyes open, but still imagining that moment, right? Of the monarch butterfly, this extracting itself. And so it's not just spontaneous. It's not passive. It's not someone or something else doing it. It is the butterfly extracting itself from the confines of its cocoon. It is us doing this for us. And just as we lit the light from the source and we shared it, but still independently, we still had to light our own, right? And it was our own together that illuminated the space. And thinking that we can do this for ourselves, it is inherent and innate to us. So that butterfly has followed the process, right? Just taken that natural way of knowing but can you imagine was it aware early on as a caterpillar 
that the butterfly was coming? When did that knowing happen? Did it believe the butterfly into being? Was it with that extraction that the possibility even seemed possible more than a dream? Was there a moment in those dark confines of the cocoon where it believed anything more than darkness was available? That that wasn't the end, but a beginning? And having the confidence, the wherewithal to extract ourselves, it's not easy. We have to be willing to cut open that which may have been dark, but was also safe and comfortable. We have to be willing to let go of that which was, to step forth into that which can be, and most importantly, to be with that which is. And with that first peek through, the light can seem so overpowering. We might not feel ready for it. The wings, though beautiful, can seem awkward. What do we do with this now? Because while this might be the desired way of being, we got pretty comfortable with that caterpillar state and crawling. We we figured that out. We had that down. And now flying? How amazing. But man, how scary. And how uncertain. Especially, we have no reference point. We never did that before. But then, we look to see. And we see we're not alone in the transformation. And we see that the darkness is falling away for all. And then we watch as wings flap. We say, okay, that's beautiful and that's amazing. And then we consider, is that possible for me too? And it's in that mirrored experience that the capacity and the expansiveness emerge. And they don't just emerge. They burst forth to unexpected glory which would suggest the butterfly wasn't aware. The butterfly knew caterpillarism. The butterfly got used to darkness. The butterfly heeded the call to open up that space of comfort. The butterfly was brave and extracted itself from the confines of the cocoon. Don't underestimate that step. And then, with the flap of the wings, with that mirrored effect, it burst forth into unexpected glory. And here's the space where we get to own it, honor it, embrace it, revel in it, celebrate it, share it. Right? So share in the glory. Whether that is the most epic transformation of your life, and if that has happened this year, embrace it, own it, celebrate it, honor it mirror it whether it's been the hardest year of your life no you may simply be in the barren darkness but you are to give birth to that burden future and it's more than you ever could have imagined and it can also be everything that you did imagine that you hold dear each and every day and so from this winter solstice moment now expanded whichever version you're experiencing 
let us see the possibility of the time of darkness to offer us inconceivable joy and see how that looks how it feels how it behaves how it engages how it embraces how it supports how it connects with itself because joy is sustainable when it is connected to its own source and when it connects to others creating that illumination of the space showing us ourselves and one another celebrating all that is all that has been all that will be in honoring this moment for all it contains I wish you a wonderful winter solstice and a step forward to whatever that minute more tomorrow might bring. This is Dr. Millie Beaky with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.